0: My name is Georgiana, I am CEO and founder of BeagleCat, and soon you will be listening to Employer Branding, the inside podcast. In this podcast, I regularly talk to Employer Branding Managers, Talent Acquisition Managers and Human Resources Managers in tech companies in Germany, Romania and the US. For more content on employer branding related themes, go to employerbranding.tech or beaglecat.com. Stay tuned! Hi, everyone. This is Georgiana with a new episode of Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. Today, I'm talking to someone that I've admired for a very long time and that I actually managed to meet in person about four years ago in the U.S. His name is Joe Lazowski. Am I pronouncing this correctly, Joe? You
1: are, yeah. Got it.
0: (laughs) And uh, he is a communications expert, storytelling expert. He is now head of communication and content at A-Team, and he worked for a very long time at Contently, which is one of the companies that taught me most of the content marketing that I know and practice today. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. It's been a long time. Thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, that was a very kind intro. Four years ago at Collision seems like I don't know, decades ago after really? the last couple of years. It's great to see you again uh, and excited to dive into all of your questions.
0: Please, first of all, I'm, I'm really curious to know how come the change after so many years at, Con- at Contently?
1: Well, you know, the Great Resignation was such a trend and I was just honestly feeling left out and <laughs> felt like I, I had to get on it too. Um, no, I mean like eight years at a company is a really long time, right? It like is. It's almost a weird Nowadays. amount of time to spend mm-hmm. at a tech company. Um, That's and I loved, I loved Contently, you know, I, I got to play in a lot of different roles there, you know, I started out originally as their editor in chief, as I was leaving the journalism world, um, you know, got the chance to spend a lot of time putting together, you know, all that content that I guess taught you, uh, mm-hmm. about content marketing, um, you know, then I got to go client side and I started our content strategy department and division, uh, which, you know, really became one of the big pillars of Contently's business. And that was, you know, sort of amazing to take on that entrepreneurial type of opportunity, right, to build uh, a line of business and a PL from the ground up. in that way I build the services business inside of Contently. And then, you know, my last few years I spent running marketing, which is another interesting challenge as I, you know, came from you know, being a journalist, running a media company, not knowing a ton about, you know, marketing proper when I came into, you know, what a lot of people leaving media would consider sort of the dark side, right? Going and working on content for a tech brand, although Contently was a company started by journalists with incredibly strong values around content and uh, the integrity in their storytelling, which made it a lot easier, but then getting to really scratch that itch of, running all of marketing for, you know, a brand um, was really, really valuable uh, in kind of a similar role here at A-Team 2 I've discovered that, you know, as much as I love content, I love a lot of the other aspects of marketing as well. Um, but, you know, a- after a certain point, uh, it's just time for a change. Uh, I really wanted to stay during COVID to make sure the company got through the pandemic, well, I mean, I think that was an instinct of a lot of the executive team there that had been there for a long time, that like, okay, we really want to be there for each other through this time and for the team to make sure that, you know, the company's really healthy on the other side. But then I met Rafael, the CEO of A-Team, uh, and was just pretty blown away by his vision for really transforming mm-hmm. the future of work. Uh, we can get into that a little bit more, but I've, I've long been pretty obsessed with the dynamics of teamwork um, in human evolution, and human history, there's a lot of intersection with the power of storytelling when you look at the power of teams and how they come together and how we form Mm -hmm. bonds with one another. So getting to explore that really deeply and think about how we revolutionize what is the central unit of work today, which is the team, right? Like we experience work like not through our companies, but through our teams. When work is really great, it's when we have a great team around us Um, Not just, you know, because we're making X salary, we have X benefits, but the way that we experience our work in a joyous way on a moment to moment basis is with the team. Um, So getting to work at a company that's really rethinking how we form teams in this new world of work uh, was just sort of too compelling to pass up. So I made the Mm -hmm. leap.
0: It does sound this way anyway, and I'm really looking forward to you telling me more about how this company works and how the business model really functions and how employer branding can exist and thrive into such a context. But first of all, maybe you could tell us exactly what A-Team does. I found this article on the New York Times saying that A-Team, not A-Teams, A-Team wants to be a marketplace for renting skills instead of buying them. How so?
1: Yeah, so the fundamental idea around team is that over the last few years we've seen this movement of really talented product builders mm-hmm. sort of get a little bit you know disenfranchised with the traditional one job one role work model right being at facebook for another year optimizing an ad server for another year um and wanting to go out and work on things that really matter to them you know with the freedom autonomy flexibility at the crave mm-hmm. while still getting paid really well um so what a team is is a network of about 5500 of the world's top vetted product builders that we form into teams using our team formation platform and team formation engine to solve really interesting problems um that cutting edge tech companies bring to us Um, so we're, we're invite only and members only on both sides of the mm-hmm. equation. Yeah. So obviously you have to apply or get referred and get vetted off the waitlist to join the network. And there's a very stringent vetting and interview and technical skills process in that. But what's really unique about A-Team is that we're actually invite only on the client side as well. Um, you have to have a really interesting initiative that you're bringing to our network to get into the network and to get matched with uh, an A-Team. Uh, from our Mm -hmm. platform so that's in a nutshell and and basically what this enables for the workers is that you can rent your skills right as part of a team on the things that are really interesting to you because so much when we come into a job in the normal way of work right there's like something that is really intriguing that's the initial thing that we're going to do at that job right I'm going to solve x problem Um, but maybe that doesn't endure right that, but then we're still at that job and we're like, all right, I'm just going to slow this out. I'm going to wait till I, that's my one year cliff of equity. And then people might leave again. That's what I think part of the reason that we see so much turnover in tech, um, a team is fundamentally this idea of like a different way of working where you have a team that you're working with pretty consistently, right? On different projects or different iterations of the team based on the problem you're going to solve. And you can pick the missions and initiatives that are most interesting to you Um, and we see those might last for three to six months they might last for six to twelve months some clients they're still working with their a team you know we're only about two years old they're still working with them two years later Um, but it gives much more flexibility and optionality to the worker to work on stuff that really really interests them potentially work on multiple projects at once that really interest them Um, with a ton of financial security and empowerment that comes with it. Um, because we maintain really high rates for the network, we only mm-hmm. accept the best of the best, and we're only working with clients that are looking to you know, pay f- well and fairly uh, for top
0: talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why Why would you say, or no, not why, do you really think this has the potential to become the new way of working? Is I that it too bold, maybe?
1: I do, I don't think it's gonna become, I don't think it's going to become the new way of working for everyone, right? I don't think that absolutely everyone is going to decide, you know, I don't want a full-time job. I'm just going to be independent. I have a full-time job, right? I work at a team Mm -hmm. Mm full-time. But what I think we will see more and more would be my prediction of, of how companies are structured in about eight years in 2030, right? Let's look into our crystal ball is that you'll see a lot more companies that have a smaller nucleus of full time employees, and then they're leveraging an independent workforce based on the initiative of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to build and sort of scaling those resources up and down because this is the direction that we see everything headed in. We see more and more people freelancing every year. And it's not just, you know, low skilled gig workers that are going in this direction. We see a lot more highly skilled workers going independent every year. Um, mm-hmm. Because people really like a lot of there's a certain type of pe- of person. Um, McKinsey actually has had a big report where they identified this persona of like this 25 to 45 year old highly skilled person who is ditching traditional work as like the do it yourselfer. Um, this type of person it, it finds this model really appealing, right? Where I can yep. go and work on the things that really matter to me. And so this is a really growing talent pool that companies can tap into. You can access people that you probably couldn't hire otherwise. If you're tapping into those folks, you're getting a competitive advantage over uh, other companies in your arena who aren't tapping into this talent pool. And so we're only seeing this grow and grow and grow. And my prediction is that in 2030, we'll see a lot more companies that have those smaller nucleuses of full-time employees. And then they have teams of independent workers, right, or individual freelancers that they're Mm -hmm. working with regularly. But you know, one month, it might be 40 hours a week, because they're you're trying to ship a particular feature, the next Mm -hmm. month, you might not need, say, as much product management resources on that initiative. So you're going to scale it down. And then that person will pick more work back up from somewhere else. But that's why ecosystems like a team are really important to give workers that ability to actually manage their workload and constantly be easily finding interesting things that they can work on.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you you were saying that you have people working with the same client for two years now. That means they managed to somehow fit into the company culture. How how did this happen? I'm trying to understand where, where does the company culture go and how does the team dynamic happen in the end?
1: What we've seen works really well is when the company just fundamentally doesn't really treat the independent worker different than the full-time worker Mm -hmm. and how they ingratiate them into the team. Um, Yeah, you're at a W2 versus a W9, right? If you're in the US, but that really shouldn't matter how you treat a team member and how you welcome them in. I would argue that a lot of the issues with freelancing to date that we see is that companies treat freelancers not as members of the team But just as like, I'm hiring you to do this thing, don't ask questions, don't give your opinion, right? What do you know, right? But why? If they're really talented, if they bring new perspectives to your company, why would you reject welcoming them them in and bringing that diverse perspective, that cognitive diversity to the makeup of your team? It's illogical. Mm -hmm. So the companies that we see are working with um, their A-teams for a really long time. What they've done is basically welcome them in as a part of their team. For some companies, it's early stage startups right? where an A team was actually their founding engineering and product team, which is a really interesting use case because instead of spending six months hiring your team and then building your product, you just get an A team in less than 10 days and then you start building your product. Um, In other cases, they've just become a part of that product and engineering org. Like We have a a customer apprentice. that came to A-Team when they needed to build an entirely new version of their health tech platform to power the distribution of um, hundreds of millions of COVID vaccines, because they realized to work with all the different uh, healthcare operators in their ecosystem, they had to basically rebuild a ton of their platform from scratch. And the way they were able to do that is they brought on a massive A-Team of 20 plus people and we were able to get it done um, in in the 45-day window. And then they just kept growing the team. And now they work with over 50 A-teamers, right? And it's about half of their product and engineering org overall. And they just don't treat those folks any different. They send them computers for compliance reasons. They are part of their stand-ups. They're part of their company culture and outings. Um, we do the same thing at A-team. Like we, right before we came out of stealth in May, we had a company um, summit in Portugal, uh, and we brought the A teamers that we work with because about half of A team is you know independent A teamers, and it's about half full time. And so basically, if you're working with A team for you know a substantial amount of time, I think our you know our dividing line was like 15 or 20 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. would pay for you to come to the summit because you're part of the team. Like just because your employment status is slightly different doesn't mean that we want to treat you differently in that way or not have your perspective. Um, as we're, you know, getting together in person for the first time and solving a lot of these really big problems. hmm
0: There's a lot of talk about the builder economy on your website. Mm-hmm. What is it exactly?
1: So the builder economy I see as the successor to the gig economy. Like the gig economy had a lot of good ideas, right? But it's ultimately been really commoditizing. Uh for for folks um, often in a race to the bottom and when we think about this ide- new identity of the builder right like someone who builds stuff you're a great product engineering talent you build things even in marketing I, I would argue that all you're doing is building things and building content mm-hmm. programs and mm-hmm. building demand gen programs and building a brand perception right yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. demand yeah
1: but for people who consider themselves really talented builders like you don't want to be caught dead on most of the gig economy platforms out there like if you saw me at on Upwork, um, you might have been like, oh, man, I thought Joe was, you know, pretty talented and would make a good podcast guest, but maybe mm-hmm. not now if he's, he's out there hustling on Upwork mm-hmm. and I, uh, and well,
0: maybe you're not the best example. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> totally. um, but I see your point. Yeah.
1: And so what does actually a new economy for builders look like? How do we enable that and empower that? Um, and I think it's going to be one in which we see highly skilled builders coming together often working as teams for very mission-driven high-order initiatives for companies um so think of it as like that next evolution of the gig economy where like we saw the creator economy that empowered creators to really go out and craft the, the autonomous careers that they wanted i think now we're seeing the mechanisms being put in place for builders to take on that same self-autonomy and that same empowerment mm-hmm. and build really fulfilling independent careers for themselves. Um, there's a lot of data and trends that that point to this, both research that we're about to release yeah. and, and things you'll you know see from McKinsey and and actually I'll give up work a shout out. They do some really good research on this as well. Um, and I think it's only going to grow.
0: This sounds extremely visionary. I'm really looking forward to to seeing how it uh develops over time. I'm wondering, because this to me sounds really interesting, almost science fiction in a way, everything you've told me so far, where does purpose go? Do think, do people working for clients follow the purpose of a team while at the same time thinking of the client's purpose? How, how does it go so, in their mind? And how do they, you know?
1: Yeah, so I think the purpose is at the core of it. So every initiative on A-team, right, is we call it a mission. And essentially, clients, when they get accepted A-team, they have to lay out the mission for what they want to build. We have them fill out a certain set of questions. They film a video um, Mm -hmm. to put out to the network. And what is attracting those builders from our network is the mission that the client is putting out there, the purpose of what they want to build and why they want to build it. So I'll give you an example where working with McGraw Hill, like a 150 year old, like legacy publisher, like most of people know McGraw Hill for textbooks, but they attracted some of the best builders in our network because they had this mission where they wanted to basically reimagine education on mobile for like the smart, for the smartphone, like TikTok and Instagram real era for Gen Z. Um, they got the product designer who designed you know the original swipe on Tinder and worked on uh, on the early you know breakthrough versions of iOS to do this because they had a really strong mission that mm-hmm. attracted people to so like hell yeah that's something that I want to work on that's really really cool um, This is what we see is that purpose is not less important in this new, world of work. It's actually more important. If you want to get these highly skilled folks that have left traditional big tech jobs, it's the mission that's going to attract yeah. them forward. Um, exactly. so, so I'd say it's because never been more will important.
0: They get the same amount of money regardless of where they work. So yeah. the end, that's what makes the difference, right? Yeah,
1: it's the mission. Um, I would also say that when we think about what makes great teams come together, right? Mm-hmm. It's the mission. Having shared values, having a shared vision, Um, is what unites us as humans like as humans we were not able to stick together in bands of really more than 40 to 140 in early human history right until we developed the ability to have complex spoken language um, at which point which we could tell stories that would unite us in much larger groups along much you know greater service areas i think you see the same dynamic in teams today, where we may be distributed all over the world. We may not be in person all the time. But the thing that can unite us is a shared story about where we're going to go together, what that purpose is. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I think that purpose has never been more important than it is right now.
0: And does the purpose of a team also play a role in attracting the people to the platform in the first place?
1: I think so. I mean, I think ultimately what people want, right? Is if you are an independent builder, you want to work on cool shit with awesome teammates and get paid well to do it. Like that's what you want at its core. And so often it's the that vision of what a team can give you, right? That is our purpose. Like we are a builder first company. We want to serve builders with every decision that we make. Um, I think that comes through to our community and that attracts them to apply in the first place. But it's also the missions of the companies that they're going to work with right? That's really attracting them as well. Because that's, that's the product that we are selling to the builder Mm -hmm. community is Mm -hmm. that you're going to get cold stuff to work with. So I think it's it's both at the same time, it's the mission of a team. And it's the mission of the companies that we work with. Um, I think in terms of attracting clients, that mission definitely resonates with people. But then it's also the fact that they get to work with really amazing teams of product builders, right? Like that's also what's attracting them there. Um, so it's it's sometimes hard to separate, but yeah, I definitely think the mission is something that you know attracts a lot of people into our universe, makes a team they want to be a part of. I mean, it certainly was a big thing that attracted me there. Like, I was mm-hmm. not going to take um, a job that I didn't agree that I d- wasn't really motivated by the mission of that company. Um, mm-hmm. That's for me is like a no non negotiable aspect. Of, of anyone that I would work for.
0: I'm really happy you're saying this because I think in the end, mission and purpose also means, or means story. And I talk a lot about storytelling during this podcast. And I talk a lot about creating your company story to my clients and to our clients whenever we have a recruitment marketing campaign or simply when we when consult in employer branding. And since you are the storytelling expert and I have you on this podcast, I would like you to also state why storytelling is important for a company and for, I don't know, strengthening company culture, creating company culture, improving your brand as an employer or whatever else reason you might find suitable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, First on the the mission note, I will plug that our new Future of Work publication we just launched is called Mission and filled with (laughs) a lot of great stories. Uh, So everyone should head there to a.team slash mission. Um, But yes, on why storytelling matters, as humans, we're we're hardwired for stories. When, if you think about it, when we are children, we exist in a world of story. We're constantly living in Never Never Land. Uh, When we go to sleep at night, you know, the brain keeps itself up, telling itself stories. Um, neuroscience has shown that the neurons in our brain our neural activity literally lights up like a a switchboard has illuminated the city of our minds when we hear a great story. It's so ingrained into who we are, into how we bond with each other, into how we communicate um, that you cannot extract storytelling from what truly motivates people in this world, what motivates your team, what motivates your employees, what creates that emotional impulse that makes your clients want to choose you over the dozens of competitors they could go to otherwise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's such a core part of who we are that if you were to have a business that ignored storytelling Mm -hmm. like I don't even know how that would work like maybe it's a local Mm -hmm. like plumbing or gravel business that can exist with that but yeah even that like it's you're telling stories at some point, you know, you're telling stories when you go to the client's house and you're, you know, building that relationship, right? Storytelling is a part of that. Um, so if there's a business leader today that thinks that storytelling doesn't matter at all, um, I am I'm actually like would love to know how they got to where they are without telling any stories.
0: <laughs> yes, I think you're I think you're totally right. And um, just to, to, to reach the end of this podcast, I, I have one last question. How much actual storytelling or structured, if I can call it this way, storytelling do you do in this new role, this new company?
1: Yeah, I think I do a lot. You know, I think that everything ties back to the story that we're telling in one way, whether we're, you know, designing a, an advertising campaign or I'm working on a big research report, as I'm doing right now, um, or we're thinking through our product marketing and positioning and and how we develop sales enablement materials. Like, story has to be at the heart of everything that you do. Um, So there's a lot of storytelling always and everywhere.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Then there is hope for everybody. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) Um, let's leave you with hope.
0: Joe, where, where can people find you and read all the content that you write?
1: Yeah, so you can uh, explore our new f- Future of Work publication if you found this podcast interesting at a.team slash mission. Um, you could find me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, search, you know, Joe Laser If you don't want to type out Joe Uh that's what a lot of people know me as. Uh, and you could subscribe to my newsletter, The Storytelling Edge, on the art and science of storytelling and communication. Uh, join about a 140- hundred. We just still follow. Yes. <laughs> yes, great. thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a uh, surprisingly great, uh great community that, that we've built there with about one hundred forty thousand marketers subscribed. Um, and uh you can check out my book, The Storytelling Edge. Uh, if you want a really deep dive into this, it's a fun read. There's a lot of great stories in it. Uh, it's, it's written so that you can finish it in a cross-country uh, flight with still some time to watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy or 30 Rock. Uh, so yeah, please check it out.
0: Interesting picks. And yes, I can also confirm this book has helped me a lot in better understanding how storytelling works and how I can use it to, um, my, my, for my clients and for my business. Thank you so much for, for talking to us today. All the best in growing A-team and in helping other people use the A-teamers. And I hope to meet you again at some point.
1: Yeah, hope to see you again
0: soon. Bye.